You know, King David wrote Psalm 55 about 3,000 years ago. But this could have just as easily been written today. Check out his words. He says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. It's almost like God is really distant from David as he begins to write this psalm. Maybe you can relate to that feeling. David continues, my thoughts trouble me and I'm distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. David here is under fire. He's being oppressed by his enemies. And then in verse four, we really get a window in to how David is doing and the depth of his emotions. Check this out. He says, my heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. Now, you got to remember, this is the mighty King David. This is the warrior king of Israel who feared no one. And yet, he literally says here that he is trembling with fear. David finds himself in Psalm 55 in a place of anguish where he's overwhelmed with horror at what's happening. How true his words are for us today. We truly are a nation in anguish. We're overwhelmed with horror over what happened to George Floyd. But the true horror is how people like me have been so out of touch with how pervasive and systemic racism and injustice is and has been for hundreds and hundreds of years in our country. David spends the next few verses continuing his lament, crying out to God. And it's actually not until verse 9 when David finally makes a request of God. This is what he says. Lord, confuse the wicked, confound their words, for I see violence and strife in the city. So here in verse 9, David finally says, God, please help me bring justice down on my enemies. And then he continues in his lament, verses 10 through 15. He says, day and night, they prowl about on its walls. Malice and abuse are within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave its streets. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. And then in verse 13, David gives us a little insight into who his enemy is. He says, but it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. You see, David has been betrayed by someone close to him, someone that he trusted, who is now seeking to destroy him. And verse 15 really shows us the depth of David's emotion 
He says, let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead for evil finds lodging among them. You know what David is saying there? He's basically condemning his enemies to hell. He is wishing eternal suffering and torment on them. That's, that's how angry David is. So in addition to his anguish, in addition to being overwhelmed and horrified and terrified and all of these other emotions, David is downright furious over the injustice over what's happening to him. I think so many of us can relate to that range of emotions that we're all feeling right now. But we have to understand that for those in the African-American community, these aren't just emotions that are being felt the past couple of weeks. This, these emotions, this pain, this systemic oppression, this has been going on for 400 years in our country. This past week, I got an email from Cynthia Butler, who is on our prayer team, and it really, really moved me. And so I was going to read the email to you, but um, I decided, you know, what would even be better is to have Cynthia read it herself. So Cynthia is currently uh, joining us on Grace Live today from Jamaica, uh, but she uh, pre-recorded this video of that email that she sent to me. So take a look. Hello, Grace family. As a black woman who strives to live a life pleasing to God, obeying the laws of man, I'm just sad and exhausted. As I prayed, I could not stop crying all day yesterday and even as I write this. I ask, what is it about our skin that makes me, my son, my daughter, a spouse, a cousin, such a threat? How many more of my black family, friends, and colleagues have to be stopped while driving or living while black and end up in unreasonable search, seizure, or other acts that ultimately end in death? So I ask God, please see our pain, Father. See our tears. Come and see about us. Because we're your children too, God. I now ask all my friends with white skin and accompanying privilege, don't look away. Don't excuse the pain. Don't say there's no excuse. Don't let this moment pass without real action. Do ask God for courage. Do repent do acknowledge that there are real reasons for my pain. Do make a change that will benefit people who look like me. And I finally ask you to remember the words of Micah chapter 6, verse 8, that says, be just, show mercy, act humbly. God bless us all. Thank you. You know, of, of everything that Cynthia said, the thing that struck me, the thing 
that I just, I couldn't stop thinking about. Four words. She said, please see our pain. Please see our pain. To my friends in the African-American community, I just want you to know, I can't possibly understand the struggle, the suffering, the oppression, the injustice. I can't possibly begin to understand your pain, your grief. But I see your pain through conversations that I've had, through email exchanges, through watching the news, watching interviews, just you know, over and over and over again. I, I just, I, I'm seeing how much pain there is. I'm seeing the struggle. And I just want you to know, I see you. I see your pain. And I am grieving with you. I also want you to know that I am pledging to do something about this. I don't know what to do, but something has got to change. And I want to make a difference. And I want our church to figure out what can we do that will actually help to stamp out racism and injustice in our country. Cynthia, your words are so powerful to me. The words of King David here are so powerful. You know, this lament that David writes and so many of the laments in the Psalms, they really all come together to remind us that God is saying, we're not alone in our suffering. We're not alone as we cry out. God is inviting us to come to him to bring our pain, to bring our grief, to bring whatever it is to him. He hears us, but he doesn't just hear us. The incredible thing about God is God knows everything about us. He knows every thought. He knows every feeling. He knows every emotion. He knows us fully and completely like no one else can. So when we feel like we're alone, we are not alone in this struggle. We are not alone in our pain. We are not alone in our grief. And the reason we know that God understands is that God came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and he walked this earth. He knew what it was to be human. He experienced human suffering and pain and betrayal and oppression and injustice. And God invites us to come to him, to cry out and lament. So I want to ask you, have you lamented? Have you taken time to grieve? Have you come fully to God with the the full range of your thoughts and your emotions and cried out to God? God wants you to do that. In fact, the lament is so powerful. It really is the starting point for change. It's the starting point for healing. We first must understand our grief. 
And we must know that God is with us in it. And God loves us and God cares. And God wants to do something about it. You know, I have been lamenting. John talked about the importance of lament and to repent, to to pray and to worship. And I've been lamenting and and repenting. And my lament to God has, has gone something like this. You know, God, your people who happen to have a different skin color than mine are suffering mightily at the hands of people who look like me. And God, that grieves me. And God, I repent. I am sorry for how somehow in all this, I've missed it. I I somehow have missed that, that just how systemic, how pervasive all of this racism and oppression and injustice toward African-Americans and people of color has been for hundreds and hundreds of years in our country. And I am sorry for thinking that somehow just this, this attitude, this notion that, you know, I'm just colorblind. You know, I just see people as people. I don't see color. That somehow, you know, I've thought, oh, that, that's going to be, be the answer. You know, that, that's, that's helping things. When actually all that's done is just made me blind to the suffering, blind to the struggle. I've actually contributed to the pain by not speaking up and speaking out against it. And so I've just been asking God, God, please help me to understand. Show me, show our church. What can we do? How can we help? Work in us, through us, God. So for 15 verses of this psalm, David is crying out. He's lamenting. He's grieving over his enemies and the injustice. And then in verse 16, there's this dramatic shift. And it begins with these words, as for me. He says, as for me, I call to God. And the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. And he hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. God, who is enthroned from of old, who does not change, he will hear them and humble them. And this shift is what we see in just about every single psalm of lament in the book of Psalms. There's this shift of David focused on his enemies, focused on the injustice, crying out to God over it, to all of a sudden now he is focused firmly on God and who God is and God's promises and God's deliverance. He's focused on the God who saves, who hears, who rescues, and who is enthroned. And you guys, I love Verse 19, where David says, God will hear and he will humble. Did you catch that? You got to remember, David is in the midst of this trial. He's in the midst of this injustice and this oppression. And God hasn't moved yet. 
It hasn't happened yet. And yet in the midst of this, David is declaring in faith, God, I know you will hear, you will move, you will humble. Man, that is the hope that David has. And that is the hope that we have as Christians. That God is moving, that God is working for justice for people who are oppressed. You know, John said last week that God doesn't bring justice by going around people and kind of bringing justice independently of us. No, no. God brings justice through people. He works in us and through us to see justice happen in this world for his people. And so we have been seeking after God and having all sorts of conversations, just trying to to learn and understand and figure out and and hear from God. God, what is it that, that we can do? How can we help? How can we fight against this systemic racism and injustice that is happening in our world today? And so we don't have the answers, but we are desperately seeking to try and figure out what is God saying? What do we do? But we don't want to lose sight of what is primary, what is foundational, what is the most important thing to do right now, and that is to lament. It is to simply grieve and mourn over the suffering and the injustice. It's to sit with the pain and to listen and to learn and to allow God to work in us, to move, to transform, to shape us, to fire us up and form us so that he could use us for whatever means necessary to, to bring justice to those who need it. So, I'm just going to invite you. I've got a special song that Jan is going to sing for us. And I want you to utilize this time. We're not just going to talk about the importance of lament, but we're actually going to take time to lament. And so whatever it is right now, your your pain, your grief, your confusion, your exhaustion, whatever it is, when it invites you to bring it before God, God says, please bring it to me, cry out to me to lament, to repent, to worship, to pray, whatever God puts on your heart to do. But let's use these next few minutes. This is a beautiful song that Janice is going to sing. And then I'm going to close this out in prayer after it's over. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for hearing our cries. Thank you for being a God who knows us fully and completely. You totally get us, God. Thank you for allowing us time and space to lament, to repent, to pray. God, we need you. We need your help. We need you to heal our land. We need you to heal our hearts. We need you to show us the way. 
We thank you for your love. We thank you for the hope that we have in you. We thank you that you are a God of justice. We pray all of these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.